Fantastic. Isn't it good to be together? There's something about coming together. In the good old days, it was called the Lord's Day, where the people busy during the week would have the opportunity to assemble together and allow the Lord to do what He wants to do. And therefore, in Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the gathering. There's something special. There's something powerful that we can miss out if we don't do it when God's people come together. So let's continue, as Hebrews says, continue to doing it even more so as we see the day approaching. But listen, how good it is to be together. And, and God's already at work. God's already speaking to us, doing something uh, beyond the words in our hearts, in our spirits. And I believe there's more to come. Amen. I want to share something very simple today, very foundational, very fundamental. I want to talk about faith today. Faith. Of course, because the Bible does say a lot about faith, a lot is said about faith. <laughs> At times, faith is quite a misunderstood topic because of different slants with which it has been pre presented or viewed. And so I, I pray this morning as I share about faith, we'll have a correct understanding of what the Bible is telling us about this most essential topic called faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's so, I mean, there's so many verses that one can go into. Uh, Jesus, when you look at Jesus' ministry on earth in the New Testament, there's two or three themes that kind of come through almost every time he's involved with something. And one of them is faith. Where is your faith? He tells the guys. When the fig tree, you know, the, the story about fig tree, he talks to them about faith, you know, as small as a mustard seed. And if you have faith, you know, you can speak to the mountain, you know. And, and right through, he says, your faith has made you well. And therefore, faith is quite an important subject we cannot ignore, though it has been misunderstood. Just because it's been a controversial topic doesn't mean we push it under the carpet and miss out on the blessings that are there for us to grab hold and take hold of because we want to stay away from a, a controversial subject called faith. But I pray this morning it will be an encouragement. Amen? It wouldn't be a... God's word never condemns us. It's not like, oh, you, you're, you're, you're good for nothing because you don't have faith. No, that's not the tone God would use. He's always encouraging us. He's always provoking us. He's always saying, my son, my daughter, there is a better way. There's a higher ground from which you can operate on. There's a different vision that you have when you operate seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so let's look at what the Bible says. Of course, you can't cover everything in, in, in a short span. But I just want to share what the Lord laid on my heart uh, for us to hear this morning. Now, the Bible, as I said, speaks a lot about faith. I'm going to open to the chapter of faith. Um, which is the chapter of faith? Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read a few passages, a few verses from Hebrews 11, just to get us kind of going. Okay. Hebrews 11. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not yet seen. Starting off with a definition. I'm reading now from the NLT. Faith is the confidence that we hope. 
Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now it says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That we now see that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. People say, what did Abel do that was better than Cain? One guy offered the lamb, the other guy offered the produce. What was different? Here's the answer. Faith. Faith was the difference between what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. Interesting, isn't it? The simple thing of faith. By faith, Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. I'll just skip a few because of time. It talks about Abel's uh, understanding of what he did. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. How did that happen? By faith. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home. And go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went there without knowing where he was going. This was the worst that I had when I had to make the, the decision of leaving my home and coming to the UK without, without a clue what was going to happen. This was the worst God said. You're not sure where you're going, but by faith you've got to go. Okay, Lord, I trust you. Then it was 11... It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing God had promised them. I'm going to come to this a little later because there's a slight little deviation of this flow of thought. Okay, and I'm going to come to it a little later. Let's go to verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. It was by faith, verse 20, that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons Jacob and Esau it was by faith that Jacob when he was old and dying blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leant or leaned on his staff it was by faith that Joseph when he was about to die said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt he even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left because he did it by faith it was by faith that Moses parents hid him for three months when he was born Verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Let's go on it. Verse 30, verse 29, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. 
It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed when the people in the city who refused to believe, obey, refused to obey God for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long this Sunday morning as well to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David. Samuel and all the prophets, by faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength by faith. Okay? Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death i'm going to pause there and come back to the rest of that passage which we cannot ignore a little later but what the bible is saying is by faith by faith these guys did things that could not happen in the natural by faith they could operate at a level that was not possible within human capacity by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And therefore, we, we understand why faith is such an important topic and also why it can be sometimes such a controversial, misunderstood subject. Well, what am I trying to bring in this very simple, short little time? What do I mean? I put down here, if we have, if we have to see the world around us changed, we, need, we can only do it by faith. If we want to see transformation happen in our lives, we need faith. We can do everything else, but the one ingredient that we see right through the scriptures in this passage, it's the element of faith that's mixed with the works that produces the miracles, that produces the outcomes that God wants us to experience. Now, what I want to share is simply one line. It is what is our initial response that helps us understand where is our level of faith. What is my first response in the midst of a trial? What is my first? Now, I'm not talking about reaction. There's a difference between reaction and response. We all have reactions because we're human, isn't it? You hear something, boom, it hits your heart. That's a reaction. But then after I process the reaction for a few moments, what is my response in the midst of my reaction? That's why I say there'll be the butterflies, my mind will be going crazy, you know, I'll be panicking sometimes. But in the midst of my human reactions, what is my response that determines the level of my faith? What is my response? And three areas identify or help us identify our response. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions help us with the kind of response we make when a sudden situation that we're not expecting, that we don't like, suddenly comes to us and we have to face it. Thoughts, words, and action. The Bible speaks a lot about these three things. The Bible is a very practical book. Thoughts. My response, is it a response of faith or is it a response of fear? 
in my mind. Starts with that. What do I choose in that moment of time to respond with? Now I'm talking of the initial response. Okay, my first response. Go beyond the reaction. Because like I said, God takes into account, we react. He takes, he understands we're human beings. But response is where we are consciously now deciding how am I going to handle this situation? What is my initial thing in my mind? Is it straight away, this is the end of the world? Or is it, I have a God who is able? Now, Caleb for me is a beautiful example. Of what, and I'm going to refer to him quite a bit. Caleb had the same situation that the rest of the spies. Of course, two of them. Caleb and Joshua. But in their minds, they knew that if God said it, He will do it. If God said it, and that's why it's important to know what God said. We're not talking about human response. Okay? God. If, what did God say? And if God said it, in my mind, I'm already saying to myself, listen, everything doesn't add up. I'm, my, 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 my emotional makeup is absolutely wrecked at this point of time. But my response now, right at the start, I'm going to tell my mind, listen, if God said this, He will do it. I don't need, because the mind starts to analyze, especially if you have a mind like mine. I'm already thinking like these three things are definitely not going to add up. There's no way around this. And though I have to start off by my mind saying, God is able. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Because everything proceeds from here. The mind. How many of you know that? It's the mind that's always working over time. Is it an impossibility or is it a possibility with God? What does one of the words say? With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And so the first response, and that's what we're studying from the Word, is how do we embrace the good things that God has for us? Our, our response is so critical in our journey of faith. We're talking about faith. By faith we do this. By faith we possess this. By faith we see this happen. By faith we see that happen. Our thoughts, number one. Words. These two, the thoughts and the words, very important again. They've got to match up. That's why one of the verses, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation. That's why the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'm always noticing words. Sometimes you have a situation. Sometimes you see believers responding. It's looking bad. It's looking bad. <laughs> First response, believers, it's looking bad. Listen, response is important. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. We're talking about faith this morning. How do we possess our land by faith. Now see, now look, look at this. Words affect atmosphere. Okay? Words affect the atmosphere. 
over us, but more importantly, it affects the atmosphere around us. Now listen to what happened in Caleb's story, if you know the story. Numbers 13, verses 30 to 32. It says, by now we know the story, okay, because they've seen uh, the land, they've seen, they even seen that it had, you know, big grape, bunches of grapes, so they already seen some good evidence. Yet when they seen the people of the land, they were huge, immediately, this is not going to work. Okay, we are like grasshoppers and they are like giants, okay, they are words. Now look at verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Look at his words. But the men who had gone up with him said, We cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They not only were negative themselves, but now they were spreading negativity in the camp. How many, how many of you know all of them were destroyed? They were destroyed. Because words create atmosphere. Be quick to listen, someone said, but slow to speak. Because sometimes our words can not only be negative to us, but they can create a negative influence in the rest of the camp. So if we don't have something good to say, what did someone say? Don't say anything at all. Words. And this is the classic story, Caleb. Caleb said, guys, listen, we can do it. But these guys didn't stop at that. They kept on saying, no, that's not possible. It's not going to work. It's looking bad. Hey, listen, we're responsible for our words. That's why even Jesus said, one day we will give an account for every word that we speak. So if we're not able to speak good words for our situation, let alone let's not mess up the atmosphere for people around. But rather let's speak words of life. Now listen to another thing about atmosphere. I always speak about atmosphere. When I walk into a place, the first thing I try and suss is the atmosphere. I work with a lot of churches. When I go into the meeting, the first thing I'm sensing, what's in the atmosphere? Is it an atmosphere of faith? Is it an atmosphere of growth? Is it an atmosphere that's toxic? Is it an atmosphere that's divided? Atmosphere. Now listen, listen to this. Now Jesus, Jesus was called to heal Jairus' daughter. Remember that story? Jairus' daughter, she was about to die. In fact, she died. Now listen to the story. Mark 5 verses 39 and 40. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? I mean, Jesus, it's a sad situation. What else do you expect? But Jesus is counterculture. Counter atmosphere. Hey, come on, let's just go along with them. They, they're mourning right now. Hey, Jesus wanted to change the atmosphere. There's a time for everything. So there's a time to mourn. There's a time to rejoice. That's why it's, we need to know what's the Holy Spirit saying in that moment of time. Because the Lord is saying, listen, I want you to lift up praise rather than mourning right now. And so listen, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. Verse 40, but they laughed at him. Okay, so they were like, ha, 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 Jesus. You don't understand. You can't figure this out. We know what's going on. We know the status quo. Look at what Jesus did. After he put them all out, 
He cleared them. You faithless people, we don't, knew, don't need you to mess the atmosphere. He cleared them out because he knew the power of atmosphere. And so it says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was and, of course, raised the child from the dead. Atmosphere. What is the atmosphere we create in the midst of a challenge? Listen, I know it's not easy. I'm preaching to myself because I know so many times I give in to the circumstance. We are human beings. That's why I said this morning, it's not about beating us up. It's we're all learning together. But as we learn together, the Lord is saying, listen, there is, there is an opportunity to step up into seeing the supernatural, into seeing all the kinds of things. But for that to happen, we need to change the language. We need to change the atmosphere. We need to change the mindset. We need to go counter what we have perhaps experienced and say it is a new day. Because when we begin to see by faith, we begin to prophesy by faith, we begin to declare by faith what we see on the inside, we are shaping the atmosphere. In your personal life, like I said, you know, there was a time I used to get up in the morning, this is years back, way back in India, and you know the story, but I always say stories because of people who had never heard it before. But I used to get up in the morning and sometimes just feel so low. Anyone experience that? You just get up in the morning and why am I feeling so low? And then I would try to analyze, did something happen yesterday? Did something happen day before? Did something happen? No, I can't find any reason for me to feel so hopeless. And so I began to pray about that. Lord, what's going on here? What's going on here? This is, this is not right. I'm pushing myself then because there's no motivation. There's no drive. I just got this kind of heaviness upon me. And the Lord just reminded me then about Saul and David. Remember, Saul sometimes used to experience heaviness. And it says it was an evil spirit that was tormenting him in that time. And the Lord said, the devil is just throwing on you a blanket of heaviness. So you get up in the morning and you feel absolutely miserable. And it goes through the whole day. And I said, Lord, what do I do about this? He said, what did they do? They brought David in who began to play the harp and lift up worship. And as he began to lift up worship, the atmosphere changed. And the spirits were driven away and, David and Saul began to feel normal again. The Lord said, Chris, begin to worship. That's where I began my practice of putting on a CD. In those days, we had CDs. Still do if you're Hayden. I do a few as well. And put a CD on and begin to worship. Begin to worship. Begin to worship. When worshiping, what you're doing is you're speaking counter to what the natural is telling you. You're saying, my God is able. He is able. He is, you know, he's done this. He's done that. You're making a declaration of truth against what the counter truth is. That may seem like reality is in that situation. You're confronting it by saying, yes, this is real. I'm not ignoring it. But my God is bigger than this situation. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. How did they all achieve those big, great things? By faith. By faith. That means faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen.
That means I'm not seeing a miracle yet, but already I am making my mind reflect and focus on what is good, what is healthy, what is positive, and who God is. And then it corresponds with my words. So before you say the next time, it's looking bad, pause. Before you put a message out somewhere, it's looking bad, hold fire. You might be putting someone else's faith down as well. Don't mess with the atmosphere because it will mess with us and with you as well. And so, Paul, I love what Paul says. He says, I, I, I know good times, I know bad times. I know lack, I know plenty. But if there's one more thing that I know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, the circumstance might not change, but the circumstance is not going to achieve what it's set out to do. <laughs> the outcome of the circumstances get me down. I always say one of the big jobs the devil tries to do is to make us park our car. If that makes any sense. The moment you park the car, let's start, that's when we start going backwards. Don't park the car. Keep on keeping on. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing. It's like I say our faith is like a bicycle. You've got to keep pedaling the bicycle to stay on it. The moment you stop pedaling, fall. Our faith is an ongoing, daily. Well, sometimes I don't feel like it. And I'm coming to that third bit. The third is our actions. So one is our, our thoughts, then our words, then our actions. Listen, there's a verse that says, faith without words is dead. So while we tell our mind, listen, you're thinking all the negative thoughts, but choose right now to believe that God is able. Okay, if you ask me the number one most negative thinker on planet, anyone knows who it was? You're looking at him. No one could beat my record of negative thinking. I would think myself sick. That's how my mind used to work. But I had to learn for a period of time with the help of the Holy Spirit to change my thinking. He whose mind, his mind is in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. I had to learn to let my mind reflect on him, on his thoughts. Then, of course, words. You know, David had to sometimes tell himself, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Yet will I praise him. David had to tell himself. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself loudly. Why are you downcast, Chris? Praise him now. Yes. Praise. And be, before you know it, before you know it, the body and the mind begins to realign. Everything begins to come together. Why? Because you're not allowing the circumstance to drag you. Come now. One more trip. Little here, little there. And then like a yo-yo, we're going up and down. But we're saying now, we're taking, taking charge of the situation. God is coming into this situation. And so... We've got to then act things out, take steps of faith. We're talking about witnessing. By faith, we witness. 
Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we don't know the outcome. Sometimes we don't know what words we're going to say. By faith, we witness. By faith, we continue to trust Him. People say, what's the difference between faith and trust? You need faith to trust. (laughs) So by faith, I choose to trust Him. That even though the odds are absolutely against me in this situation, by faith, I trust you. By faith, I choose to trust you. That you will not fail me. That you, what you have promised, you will bring to pass. Maybe there's someone here and you have had promises of God over your life. By faith, trust that He will bring to pass all those promises. Though it may tarry, it will not delay. It will come to pass. So by faith, trust. By faith, worship. By faith, sing. By faith, confess. By faith, I put all the different things. By faith, step out into the supernatural. Again, we heard this morning prophetic word. You know, the, the three things we believe God is asking us to develop in this season as a church is prayer, witnessing, and stepping out in the supernatural. Three things, and we'll build on it uh, as I speak in the next, I mean, whenever. Prayer, so essential for this time, very essential. Witnessing, a culture of witnessing, where every day we're open to sharing about Jesus, to opportunities that He brings our way, and stepping out by faith. And wh- how can we do all this? By, the super- by supernatural. By faith, we keep on coming together. Sometimes we don't feel like... I mean, I, this morning I was appreciating Katie and Andrew and the, and the family. How many of you know they live, they live in, in Brecon? takes about an hour. And same with Mike and Adina. I mean, they bring their kids, they bring their kids every Sunday. By faith, they know that they're investing in something that is good. Because the body and the mind may say, why just, just give it a break? But f- by faith, they come to church. By faith. By faith, the team does what they do week in and week out. Sometimes they don't feel like it. Sometimes like, God, is this going to you know, bear any good fruit? But how do we do it? We keep on doing it by faith. How do we give our tithes and offerings? By faith. By faith. I, I was talking to some, I don't know, was it the team or something the other day? And again, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but my parents taught me to give my portion unto the Lord, however small it was, by faith. So if you, someone gave us 10 rupees or gave me 10 rupees for my birthday, my one rupee was ready for the Sunday morning offering by faith. And I've seen the blessing of God. The blessing of God. Sometimes like God, even through the years, we've been through ups and downs. And one of the things we never stop doing, first of the month, we give the first fruits to the Lord. First portion. This is yours. And then it's amazing how in difficult times, it may seem like, where's the money going to come from? God provides. Why? Because when we gave, we didn't give out of fear. We didn't give out of duty. We gave by faith. Lord, take this. You're going to take this and use it for your glory. We give it by. So if you're not giving, I want to encourage you this morning. Some of you have stopped giving. Start giving again. Because it's the blessing, not just for the work of the ministry, it's for us personally. The day I stop giving, my house will collapse. The day I stop giving my, my, my portion to the Lord, 
I mean, the different context of giving the tithe, 10% or whatever. I always say, let's give more than, you know, what we sometimes think we want to give. Because God is faithful. Give by faith. I was talking to someone else in town who has a business, Christian guy. He, he said, Chris, it's been such a difficult time. But he said that there's one thing I did right through the whole pandemic. He said, I never stopped giving my tithes. He said, it's amazing. My business was sustained. God sustained me. Yeah, I mean, we've seen God work again and again and again and again. I mean, I can give you story after story after story after story. How sometimes God is so specific. We needed a thousand pounds for something when we were in London, exactly a thousand pounds. And we didn't have the money, but it didn't stop us from giving unto the Lord. We still kept giving. And God used an absolute unexpected, unusual circumstance. Lyra was sitting in the car. She was carrying Eliza at that point of time. Eliza's here. She's carrying Eliza. You and your mom's tummy at that time when this, uh, this happened. And so one of the ladies in the church, they were driving somewhere, and another car came and banged into them. Okay, so the initial thing was, wow, hope the baby's okay. Anyway, when did all the scans, everything, baby was fine. Uh, and then, of course, we got the insurers who call, came on the line and said, hey, do you want to use this to claim some money? And we said, no, actually, everything is fine. <laughs> the baby is fine. We don't need to make any claims because we're okay. We trust the Lord. Integrity is important before the Lord. Integrity before God. So anyway, we're still praying for this 1,000 pounds that we really needed at that point of time. About six weeks after that incident happened, I get a letter in the post. This is now from the solicitors of the insurers of the opposite party. Yeah? They said, cases like these stay open for three years. So actually, you can, anyone can claim within a three-year period... We want, our client wants to ensure that this case is closed once for all. Would you be happy to sign this document saying that over the three-year period, you will not claim again, and for that, we're willing to give you a 1,000-pound check? So, yep, I said, I'll sign the license, sign my bank account details. God is able. When we walk our Christian walk by faith, that means if your word says it, it may not make sense in the natural. I may not understand how it's going to work out. But by faith, I choose to obey your principles, your, pre your, 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 your suggestions, your way of life. And as long as I keep doing what you ask me to do, by faith, I know you will come through. By faith. How did all these people, sometimes you've got to push through. I'm going to wrap up in a few moments. Push through walls of negativity. The woman with the issue of blood, recently we heard uh, someone speak about it. She had to push through. She has to, he had to push through all kinds of barriers. But she said, it said she said in her heart, if I touch the hem of his garment, blind Bartimaeus, he knew he could get healed by this Jesus. But everything around him said, hush, stay quiet. Be silent. It says he cried out even more. And so sometimes in our journey of faith, in, in stepping out and doing things in faith, we will face obstacles. We will face negative, uh, uh, kind of negative voices saying, don't do this, don't do this, it's not going to work. But by faith, we push through 
the barriers. I still remember when we were doing the OGR, over 10,000, 12,000 meals. How many of you know that was a fantastic experience? Let me give you one little story in that journey. One day I got up, the team is here, they know it. I got up one morning and I said, we, by then we had just started doing meals for schools and some of the agencies and things like that. But I got up one morning and I said, we need to get into Neville Hall, guys. Anyone remembers that? Some team that I, I said, we need to get into Neville Hall. We need to, we need to have our presence there. We need to serve, serve the NHS, the medical staff, as much as we're serving the community. And so anyway, we made some initial inquiries. And one of the first response that we got was, they don't need any meals because they're already being serviced. Okay? Now, at that point of time, it was like, oh, I just felt we needed to do that. But immediately it was like, they don't need it. Close the chapter, close the door. But deep inside, you know when God is saying you've got to do something. And then you've got to push through. So I don't know who to contact now. So I just phoned the board, Neville Hall. I just phoned the reception. I said, listen, this is me. I'm the pastor of the church at Gateway Church. We're you know, supplying meals, hot meals to a number of people in the community. We want to do something for you guys. She said, I have no clue what you can do, but let me put you on to somebody who might be able to advise you. And that's when we connected with the lady who was in charge of certain areas. And she said, you know what? It's only the day guys that are getting all the meals right now. The night guys aren't getting anything. I said, tell me how many people. And that began our journey into Neville Hall. Listen, there are times you've got to push through. Even the reports that you hear, people will say this. People will say that, listen, what is God saying? What is God saying? Because if God says it, it is true. The human factors might say this is not going to work. This is not how it's done. This is not how you do things. God's ways are higher than our ways. If we can dig deep inside and say, God, what are you saying? Listen, let me end with this now, the last bit. How do we respond? I said, what's our first response? How do we respond sometimes when things still don't go the way we think they should go? Because sometimes things don't go the way. I want to read Hebrews 11, 35 to 39, because there's another side to the story in the journey of faith. And I'm going to close with this, 35 to 39, Hebrews 11. It says, where's 35? Here it is. Okay, so women, women received their loved ones back again from death. Now that's all the Wow. But look, but others were tortured. <laughs> this is all in Hebrews 11. Okay? Others were tortured. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. In other words, even in the midst of things not going the way they thought it would go, their faith still remained unshaken. It wasn't based on the circumstance or the outcome. And it says, For God had something better in mind for us, 
so that they would not reach perfection without us. In other words, when it seemed like it's not going my way, God knows why he's allowing that to happen. There was something different, something better in mind. And so when things don't go our way, my friends, remember that verse. All things work together for they that love him and are called according to his purposes. All things work. Faith, I put down here, faith is about the journey more than the event. It's, it's all things working together. You may think this isolated incident is not good. But listen, it's meant to be part of the bigger picture. The tapestry is being knit by God himself. And so all things work together. So I rejoice not only when the good events are happening, I still rejoice even in the events that are not good because in the grander scheme of things, God is working something beautiful for his glory and for my good. I still rejoice like these people did even when they were being sawed into and things were not going. Keep trusting God's love. Keep trusting God's plan. Even when it doesn't go our way. Don't form a, a belief system that stops us from having faith. Just because I haven't seen something happen. Just because God didn't heal me. Doesn't mean he doesn't heal. Just because I didn't get provided for in that situation. Doesn't mean that God doesn't provide. Just because things didn't work out. Doesn't mean that God is not a miracle worker. Our event doesn't change the fact. Hold on to the truth, even in the midst of the storm. Keep on keeping on. Give faith a chance. So next time you and I face a situation, our first response, go through the reaction. We're all human beings. But then our first response is give faith in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Listen, Helen, come up. When the call... Jesus gave the call, step out of the boat. Who did he speak to? Who did he speak to when he was calling, step out of the boat? He was calling all. But there was one who he knew would respond. And so the call for us is, is to step out of the boat. When we take that step, and jump out when he says come Lord I've toiled all night but caught nothing but at your word I will keep on keeping on let's stand up let's stand up this morning let's stand up we've got lots of things ahead of us guys lots of things ahead of us we've got to see things happen but let us now step up in our journey of faith whether it's serving, giving of our time, coming to church on a Sunday morning, faithfully, week after week, giving of our finances, even when we don't seem to have anything in the bank, reaching out to serving somebody and loving people, even if we don't feel like it. Give faith a chance. Say, I'm going to still do it. The resources don't seem to be there. Time doesn't seem to be there. The motivation doesn't seem to be there. Tell your soul, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Yet will I do this. Yet will I praise Him. So Father, I just thank you for this morning. Maybe a new beginning. Fresh commitment for some of us. 
giving God a chance to do something in our lives rather than close the door right at the start. Perhaps today God is saying, listen, dream again. Resurrect those prophetic words. Maybe again we heard that prophetic word. Resurrect the gifts this morning. Step out in faith. Doesn't have to be only on a Sunday morning. It can be during the week. God gives you a word for a friend. God gives you a, a, a Bible verse for someone who's not yet Christian. Step out in faith. Give faith a chance. Give faith a chance. And God then takes, as they say, faith is like the currency of heaven. He takes our faith. And by faith, your eyes are opened. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Trusting. Lord, I, I pray for all of us this morning. Father, we would journey, we would grow in our journey of faith. That we would trust you even when the odds are stacked up against us. Trust your word that you work all things together for the good of they that love you and are called according to your purposes. Trust that you will use that little prayer that may seem so insignificant or not as good as somebody else. Faith that you will use that little act of kindness. Those two little coins that might seem insignificant, but we're willing to give it to you. By faith. By faith in our workplace. Seeing someone in need and saying, can I pray for you? By faith, it may seem insignificant. But Lord, we want to give faith a chance. That you can take those little, 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 little things. That we can do now, little by little. Stepping out. Perhaps you've never done that before. And you will do the rest. You will begin to open the windows of heaven. Multiply. Supply. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close our service with our final song. And end.